Welcome everybody to Yolk's Accidental Podcast. Uh, today in the studio, we have uh, Max as our sound engineer. We we have myself as usual, Mihao, and uh, our special guest, which we're really happy to have, uh, is Nick Holden. Hello. Uh, who who <laughs> I think I think everybody in Krakow knows who you are. It, it, it seems like you're just the most popular person, especially among expats in in Krakow. Do you feel feel that's true? Well, that's that's what you said. That's what and I said. Then I, 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 would, I would go along with that as well. Well, you get about a bit. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was that I've known Max for maybe four years. Four yeah, I met years, you yeah. first at Open Coffee. That's right. Yeah, and then there was a gap, and then you had some bike business, and then. I like bikes a lot. <laughs> and then there was an opportunity to go and join Max in your office, your shared office mm. on Svienti Agnieszka. Mm. Um, and that was a really great few months. The yoke beater. Yeah, a really great few months with some really nice architects in there. And I met Evan, and so that was really great. But um, during that time, we had lots of conversations about co-working spaces. Mm. And I had been to, through a lot of co-working spaces in Krakow. It's, I've always liked working in co-working spaces. And um, may I ask? that's like, part of it. Yeah. What, what has always sort of st attracted you to co-working spaces as opposed to other options that you might have? Uh, I, I, I think even though I'm not um, a kind of big, sort of party guy i really like being around people mm, mm. um i am sociable definitely, <laughs> definitely. um and uh i th i just think that also i i have realized the last few years that i am a real community stand for community like actively a stand for community i just thought oh i just like people you know i just like to hang out with people have them around me and things like that but actually I now see that I am a stand for communities. Mm. Um, and uh, when you guys were sort of like working out how you were going to do yoke and what the charging was going to be and stuff like that, I was thinking, well, you know, um, is this is this the wisest use of my money and mm -hmm. da, 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 all this stuff. But actually the thing that really eclipsed all of the concerns about any of what I was getting in terms of, you know, value for money and things like that, was the community aspect. And mm. that was, and so that was part of me realising that um, I'm a stand for communities, meaning that is part of my kind of core values. Yeah, so, I, I think definitely for both Max and I have always seen you as sort of a, a catalyst for our community. Because it just seems like whenever somebody new, uh, a new member comes to Yoke, you seem to be able to strike up a conversation with them about um, just just so many uh, rich uh, topics. And, and and like I said, it's it's never these superficial conversations about the weather. You you're really quickly able to get them to talk about something that they're passionate about, or uh, just just something that you guys have in common. And uh, that's something that I really admire in you that you're really curious in others yeah thank you 
<laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> but I can also add that you know, Nick. Yeah, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier that we were talking a lot in that in the you know the Yoke Beta office yeah. around the corner. Um, but you were definitely one of the catalysts for 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 making Yoke. And I know that we in that time we had a lot of conversations about you know the, the co-working spaces that you've been in and yeah. mm-hmm. what worked, what didn't work, and yeah. So that was yeah, I I generally I'd had a good experience of co-working spaces in. Krakow, um, and uh, a couple of ones which didn't work so well for me. And I think that actually I was thinking of writing uh, a blog post for OMG KRK about that subject, uh, which never happened. Well, I know that but you, when you all left... All my notes, I kind of... When you left that... <coughs> burrito, here's the burrito. Oh. Bye. <laughs> all right, okay. Uh. Burrito. Can you please continue with that? Yeah, yeah. So I made a lot of notes, and um, actually, I had a Slack channel with all of the people on it who were last at cluster on Ulitsa Grodska, uh, and that cluster gang uh, were all on this Slack channel. Uh, we were all saying, "What are we going to do after cluster?" Because cluster got full up with people hiring micro offices mm. and the co-working space just mm. disappeared for a while. Mm. I know that they, they they then got a new co-working space um, over near Platzin Validov. Right. But uh, by then we'd all kind of got ourselves sorted out. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a while, a few months, we were all on this Slack channel called the X-Clusterites. Mm. And um, we were all kind of keeping in touch with each other about what we discovered about other co-working spaces. And we went to High Five... And we went to California and a few of us went to other ones um, on the other side of the river. <laughs> so you had this group of uh, on Slack about people who, who were at the, the, the former mm, co-working space and you guys were exchanging, uh, I guess, insights about other co-working spaces in Krakow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and we did have an idea to come back together in one of them that we all liked. Mm. But gradually, one by one, people found places that they liked and then they stuck there. They, st- they stayed with it. And so uh, one person stayed in High Five. Um, another one who kind of came in and out of town a lot st- went back to Cluster's co-working, new co-working space, Platz in Validov. And uh, gradually the group found its home. It's homes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think just just the same way that we're all different in terms of our personalities, I, I think, and, and the same way that our homes are, are sort of decorated different and sort of laid out different, I think, uh, the same way that there's no ideal co-working space or, or office. Uh, you really just need to find your community, which I think is, is paramount for you, but, but also just an environment in which you feel productive and uh, safe and all that good stuff. There was an interesting time with Yoke late last year when I was given the coronavirus (laughs) by somebody that uh, I didn't have really a say in um, them coming close to me. Uh, This didn't happen in Yoke, by the way. This happened happened (laughs) outside Yoke. Let's just clarify that. Yeah, yeah, so somebody came to visit and I – a surprise visit. Right. And they gave everybody in my house coronavirus. 
you get corona, you get corona. (laughs) (laughs) Some people come with gifts. Yeah. Well, they came in and then they left. And on the way out, they had to take a test and it was a positive test. And they said, oh, sorry, I've given you all coronavirus. Oh, well, at least you'll have the immunity now. (laughs) And so uh, we, 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 we stayed at home. Uh, and you guys uh, were figuring out your your policy, and then after about a month, I you know feeling better and knowing that uh, I wasn't uh, a risk anymore, or feeling in myself that I mm-hmm. wasn't a risk anymore, but not having any proof to show me that mm-hmm. you know to show others, uh, it was time to go back into yoke. Right, and it was really interesting because. You know, that was the first difficult situation I think you guys had had. Um, I, I, re- I remember it well. I yeah. believe it was a Friday and um, we we learned about the positive test uh, around 6, 6 p.m., 5 p.m., something like that. And and quickly Max and I... Um, Saturday morning we were at Tower on Arena. Well, right, right, yeah. But, but that evening uh, we quickly... Uh, luckily we have this nice system which sort of told us um hopefully i'm not <laughs> going too much into detail about <laughs> no we were able to track yeah we, we were able to quickly track you know what what days you'd been in the office and yeah. you know who else was in the office at the same on the same days so we were we quite quickly spread a net and uh yeah so so, so we we messaged those people and uh we just said hey you should get tested. It's probably nothing, but you should get tested. And uh, a bunch of us got tested the next morning. Luckily, everybody was negative. Um, yeah, so so it turned out fine. Yeah, yeah. but it, I think it was it was interesting because you were in terms of uh, what happened. Then a few weeks later, me coming back, you were having to figure out how to do that. You know how to yeah. how to welcome people back. Yeah, yeah. I think once you came back. Uh, there's a lot of people who were who just felt maybe um I don't want to say vulnerable, but but it was just on on people's minds, and uh, we're we're sort of constantly juggling um people who had different levels of sensitivity uh, around the the subject of Corona, uh, on account of the fact that maybe they themselves thought that they were sort of in a risk group, or most likely because. They had older parents with whom they had contact with, and and they were worried about them. Um, plus, I mean, as always in life, whenever we we don't know what we don't know, I think I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing as well in general with this with coronavirus is that you kind of settle into a normal normality, and I think we do that here especially. And when you have that moment where it becomes that bit closer, all of a sudden you know, it interrupts your world. I think that was kind of one of those moments where, I don't know, we thought wasn't going to happen, come here or... Yeah. And then the minute it comes it comes a bit closer, everyone's like, okay, wow. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I really wasn't expecting it either. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It was, it was definitely... No a, one expects the Spanish Inquisition. That's right, yeah. And <laughs> it was it, definitely a, a growing arrived. experience for us, yeah. But I think, you know, it actually helped us a lot to... Think about policy, think about how we deal with these things and what measures we need to put in. And so, I think it also brought us closer to our members, despite the fact that it was such a mm, sort of a, a difficult situation. But I think a lot of our members 
mm, appreciated the fact that we were we didn't try to hide anything. We were upfront about it, and uh, we acted quickly, and uh, we were transparent, and uh, I think that that built a a better relationship between us uh, as as sort of the the managers of the space yeah. with our members. Yeah. 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 Let's get back to you, Nick. Uh, tell me, I don't, I don't even know, because I, I, I met you a few years ago. Uh, I believe it was at a, um, at a, at a party. Uh, it was like when Agnieszki was closing. Yeah, the, the, the yoke beat, the yoke oh, beater yeah. office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I believe I met you, and uh, we were chatting because you're so easy to chat with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but tell me, how long have you been in Poland? Uh, well, I thought it was nine years, but. Um, it's actually 10 years now. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been here t- since 2011. So actually it might be nine and a half. <laughs> Fair enough. So We'll give you half a year. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the only reason that I suddenly became aware of it very precisely was um, because I've been to the Urgence, the foreigner's office, to pick up my kata pobitu, and that was yesterday. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. Now, okay, it sounds like a really, really long time that I was trying to get a kata pobitu, but I wasn't. The only reason that I didn't have one before was because I was an EU citizen. Right. And, of course, being British, I'm now not an EU citizen, mm. so suddenly I had to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, and here it is. Hold it up. Ah, they're taking a quick picture of Nick and his <laughs> fancy new Carta Pobito. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good I to hope see. my identity is safe. <laughs> uh, I'll blur it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, no identity theft, please. Um, <laughs> but um, on here, it's got these European stars, you know, this kind of circular formation of the stars and the European continent with the British Isles. And it's also got, the basis upon which I'm allowed to have this card Mm. and it says Article 50, Mm. which of course is the piece of law that a government will agree to to leave the European Union. And so here it is, Article 50 on this card. The checkered, uh, very sad last few years of British political life. Uh, there it is on the card, and it means that I'm... Guildford? Yeah, Guildford. That's where I was born. You were born in Guildford? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Did you live there? No. Uh. <laughs> so you don't know Dave? <laughs> <laughs> is this an inside joke? Uh, I, I grew up in Guildford. Oh, okay. I was, I was born in Aldershot, actually, actually, the home of the British Army. <laughs> No, no connection. <laughs> All right, Nick, tell us, uh, what have you been up to in Poland and uh, what are you focused on now in professionally? Uh, the reason for coming here was because it was a family adventure and it wasn't for career reasons, educational reasons or any of those things. It was literally to experience another culture. Mm. And... Um, I've got family in the UK and also in other countries in Europe. And so I always have been, uh, you know, traveling to go and see other parts of my family. And that was why Mm. it was so easy to consider. Yeah, let's go and live in Barcelona or Krakow. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's definitely a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barcelona, the family connection to Barcelona, they'd all died out. Mm. The family connection to Poland was alive and well. Right. So we felt that there was a better reason to come to Krakow than there was to Barcelona. Mm. And, yeah. Could you repeat the question, please? Yeah, so, <laughs> so the question is, professionally, what, what do you focus on now? Oh, yeah, okay. So I would say two-thirds of my time is being a communication consultant, helping businesses deal with their communication when they don't have the bandwidth or they don't have the skills or they don't have the perspective mm-hmm. that would help them make, make a communication connection with that group of people that they want to connect with. And uh, mm. can you give us some examples? Because uh, o- over over the, the the past year that you've been here, from time to time, I get to overhear some of the the, the work that you're doing for your clients. And uh, I, I know there's there's sometimes it's like naming, and sometimes it's just cu- coming yeah, up. Yeah, it kind of falls into three categories. Mm-hmm. There's um, there's yeah there's the uh, Uh, company naming or product naming or service naming, sometimes even team naming. Mm. People go quite a long way with naming sometimes. But naming sounds like um, a kind of really trivial thing, but uh, it's it's one of those things, it's more what you leave out than what you include in the name. Um, And teams often get really, really caught up in the naming process and they need somebody outside to help them. And so I developed a process, I developed a a naming process which combines um, the kind of inspiration that teams come up with and then they usually fall into some disagreement or argument Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. with the more kind of analytical and research-based side of it Um, and also figuring out how expensive this name is going to be for you in the future, how expensive it will be to... Uh, you know, get your domain names, mm-hmm. protect it for copyright, protect it for, re- you know, registered mark and stuff like that. Right. Um, and, you know, how many other organizations inside your area or outside your area are also using a name that it could be confused with? And therefore you'll get a certain number of, you know, people coming to you thinking you're one thing sure, and you're not that thing. <laughs> so I do a lot of that kind of more research-based side of it and um usually when people are trying to do a name do it do a naming they're also really really busy doing the equivalent of a startup at the same time mm-hmm. right? maybe uh, mm-hmm. you know an in-house startup or it might be their new thing um but they're usually really really busy and uh having somebody with a process to do these things who's going to drive it and kind of facilitate it is seems to work for people so Nick, That's the naming. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, Nick, if, if someone's interested in um, services that you provide, how, how do they sort of get their foot in the door? I'm sure you've written blog articles and, and maybe you have some mm, resources to, to, to help guide people in, in yeah, the beginning. Well, I, I, in, in some way, I do have a website. Um, What's the name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, nativespeaker.biz. Um, nice name. And uh, uh, and it's it's kind of more of like you know a brochure or business card type website rather than something which is uh, 
very interactive. It's not very interactive um, because I usually work face to face or over the phone mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know over Zoom. Um, so and I meet all my clients usually in person um, unless they're uh, in some of the further away places. So yeah. Um, so it is a consultancy and I do work face to face a lot. Um, I don't do a huge amount of marketing, mm-hmm. for example, but I do have a website and I am on LinkedIn. And, what, <laughs> and what's the kind of mix of clients? Who are they, um, Polish based, international? Two thirds Polish, mm-hmm. um, just because my network is good here. Mm. Um, and the rest are from countries like Russia, Hong Kong, Canada, interestingly enough, um, and uh, Singapore. And uh, what's uh, something that might be surprising for for people who are not in that industry? Because um, you as an insider, what do you think are some misconceptions about the work that you do or people who, who think they can do it themselves? I, I Well, the bit that I really like and I think is surprising for a lot of people is the um it's the combination of uh thinking about people who have to make a decision and maybe this is a decision to perhaps buy one of my clients products or use their software or something like that um that decision making process what i really like is the playoff between the the logical thinking mm. and the kind of subconscious mind. <laughs> right. um, and uh, I do work with a lot of software companies and they are, you know, much more the logical thinker than aware of what's going on in subconscious in general. And so um, the subconscious, you know, associations that you make with a piece of communication are the thing that I have to do a lot of work to get people to realise that they are uh, the way we end up making most of our decisions. Mm. So <clears throat> you can have a really great feature list. You can have fantastic benefits. You can have um, really clear um, advantages of using this over the competition. And then the decision will come down to something that's none of those things. Mm. Um, you know, the decision will come down to, I just really don't like, it, you know, it'll be subconscious, so it won't be articulated right. in, 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 a, in a clear way, but it'll be like, I can't, I can't work with them. Mm-hmm. I just don't They're see just, myself no, with them. No, it's right. not, that's not for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's not us. <laughs> are, are you are you proud of any particular projects that you've worked on in the past? Something. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, um, um, I've been writing articles about uh, communication in banking, mainly digital banking, mm. um, and how uh, that whole situation is becoming uh, about about people. Mm. rather than about banks, their different offerings and the legislation that they have to deal with. So it makes the communication really difficult. Mm. Um, And that subject um, is kind of close to my heart because I'm a completely dedicated kind of neobank user. 
um, thinking that, you know, banks should work for people who are the end customer rather mm -hmm. than the other way around. Mm. Um, and, but it's also something that the product, which is a omni-channel um, banking platform, uh, the, the product that uh, my customer um, is, uh, is bringing to banking um, is a complex product and I don't really understand, at first I didn't understand how it worked and so I learned how it worked and I learned what their, uh, what their objectives were and I learned what their mission was, what they're bringing to the world and then I started writing articles for them and I write about one a month mm. um, and they, they're, they're some of my best research articles mm. and most carefully put together articles and uh, they have been their best articles on their blog. They've got lots of articles on their mm. blog, but they've been their best, the best articles in terms of human engagement and the best articles in terms of search performance on their blog. And I'm really, I'm really happy that it's worked because <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know their product. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I was able to kind of find myself within their, uh, what they're offering mm. and speak on their behalf in a way that they weren't able to themselves. So to me, that was really, uh, of course, I got complimented a lot as well. I always like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice thing. Compliments, it's great. And but, I got paid. But it's Compliments always, and paid. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It's, it's always great getting that feedback um, from, from your audience. Uh, that That's something that you put together, that you, you've, you've, you've put a lot of heart into and a lot of brain power, that, that, it, that it hit the mark. Yeah. 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 So I think there's something about this. It's, it's you know, um, of course, they want to look good from the point of view of, you know, having the right uh, marketing statements sure. and backing it up in the right way and things like that. They want to look good in that way. But um, there's something about identity and the kind of uh, intangible that I try to pay attention to. Um, and so when I'm writing for somebody, um, I think about who they are as an identity and how that can be conveyed in language. Um, and I try to get an idea of that, even if they don't ask me mm -hmm. for that, so that I don't kind of uh, misstep, you know, in terms of tone of voice or something like that. How much time, uh, like percent-wise, how much time do you focus on Mm, trying to understand the audience and the product or the service compared to how much time you spend actually writing or brainstorming or ideation and all that? Well, I, I think the whole gearing up to write part mm -hmm. is the way more, more important than the sure. actual writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so gearing up to write, I, I guess I spend two-thirds of my time gearing up to write and one-third writing. Um, and that usually gets me to, like, the first version of whatever I'm doing. Mm. So two-thirds, one-third. You know, it can be research, brainstorming, um, asking questions, discussing the answers, um, reading uh, articles that have been given to me as a benchmark or something like that. Out of interest, where mm. do you do your writing? Where? Yeah. Do you do it here at Yoke? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
actually most of the time yeah um and because i can uh, reason i ask is i can imagine that those all those different um things that you, you explained then can you probably have a particular place that you want to do each of those things because they require a different atmosphere or different uh level of focus well but that's what's good about yoke because I can go to the balcony or I can go to the clubhouse or I can go to the kitchen or the meeting room or just be at my desk or, um, you know, go for a walk on Plante. And so I actually find that the diversity of yoke in terms of the different spaces you can be in kind of pretty much covers most of that. Um, there are some times at Yoke where I've been completely blocked mm. and I went and did something strange in your meeting room, which was... Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a camera in the meeting room? <laughs> no. Now we... <laughs> <laughs> which, was, um, which is I went into the meeting room with a bunch of old magazines that I keep in uh, a bag Oh, I have noticed that. Yeah. Back, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, I only do this when I reach an extreme sense that I am creatively blocked mm. and blocked in my thinking. And um, I, uh, I I do a kind of ripping up magazines thing to kind of collage out whatever is blocking me. And then within about half an hour, I c it's on the paper, it's on the collage rather than being stuck in me. Interesting. And then And so then it's I picked it up. Uh, about four or five years ago uh, because uh, I was getting blocked creatively and um, uh, I've just I just find this little bit of art mm -hmm. it's not anything special or great to look at but just this act of figuring out what's blocking you and getting it really clear so that you can pick imagery out of a magazine, rip it all up, stick it together in uh, shape on a piece of A4 paper, and then that's it. It's really done. Mm. I, for me, mm. I really now can objectify that blockage and say, there it is. That's it. It's on that paper. I've named it, huh. you know, and I've given it shape. And for me, it's over at that point. And usually I'm I'm let free, you know, to um, to move forward again, you know. So, which, the, so the next time we see uh, Nick <laughs> <laughs> on his way to the meeting room with a canvas bag full of uh, magazines, we know exactly what he's about to do. <laughs> we can prepare the print stick and the scissors for you. <laughs> you know, the thing is, the thing about English is you never know when there's a double entendre. <laughs> 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 a dual meaning <laughs> but that's what i am doing max that's what i'm doing okay it only happens once every couple of months but okay that's how i get it those strange sorted. sounds we hear in the, in the <laughs> no no but, but, but that's the, that's 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 really cool no me. it is cool it's cool yeah have, have you shared this in the past with others this 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 not many people not many people. And well, you've shared it with 20 now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, you know, you could say that it's like a little bit of uh, eccentric thing to do or strange. I behavior. studied architecture and for me that sounds like a completely, usual, an absolutely normal thing to do. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, in architecture, you spend most of the time tearing things out and putting them in your notebook or making yeah. little sketches and doodles. It's just kind of what you do. It's part of the process. Yeah. What, whatever it takes. Yeah. Mm. If that's yeah, yeah. works for you. But um, it's, it, it's, it's not necessarily the kind of thing you hear of, you know, in those um, articles about the perfect morning routine or anything like that. You yeah, know? yeah. Because so. I would just say like push through it or or I don't know, do some yoga. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, to actually uh, spend time looking at something which could be seen as incredibly negative. Mm. You know, the worst thing that can happen to somebody who has to rely upon their productivity, their creativity, mm-hmm. um, is to... Uh, you know, stare this thing in the face, you know, whatever it is, you have a fear, you have a, uh, you have an overriding need to do something that isn't what, isn't what you're meant to be doing right now, mm. you know, or you, um, uh, you've got yourself into a kind of mental routine, which doesn't allow you to do the thinking that you really sh- need to do right now. Right. Um, so to look into all of those shortcomings, those kind of failures of our own, abilities is it's not really very uh glamorous Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's also it's not a quick fix because you've actually got you know you've got to actually stare it in the face for a while to be able to get beyond it but it's it's better to to sort of have a process which you could most likely get beyond whatever obstacles blocking you in your head than just doing nothing for hours or just being unproductive Uh, yeah that's that's obviously much worse yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's really painful to sit around uh, being unproductive when you really want to do something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, there we go. Thank, thanks for sharing that, <coughs> that golden nugget with us. Um, Could, what was, how, where did we start this conversation? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> See, this is how those conversations go that you were talking about, those ones where... Uh, I meet somebody and then we end up somewhere else pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's, um, that's the nice things about conversations. and uh, Sign of a good conversation for sure. Yeah, it, it's a journey. Free flow. Mm. We really enjoyed having you and, and that golden nugget at, at the end. That was that was phenomenal. No, that was great. Yeah. Thank you. And we love having you part of, being a part of Yoke as well. Yeah, well, Certainly. i got to say Yoke is, is, is tops as far as my co-working experiences go so i like being here too good to hear good (laughs) win-win um all right so from the yoke podcast studio (laughs) in 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 krakow poland uh bye bye everybody this this has been max (laughs) me how you really need to work on (laughs) i really need to i don't know how to talk sometimes (laughs) (laughs) okay uh bye-bye <laughs> yeah that, that's the thing in daily conversations you, you you don't have like these more formal uh what is it it's like nick if i'm talking to you in the kitchen it's not like at the end of the conversation like we just might nod our head or something like that it's not just yeah. like well all right let's let's uh draw this conversation to an end <laughs> okay then better get back to work <laughs> <laughs> Scissors in hand and a glue stick.